12 Practical Weapons in Spiritual Warfare. This is the series, Can a Christian Have a Demon? And this is part 7, the last part in the series. That's what we're going to talk about today in this episode of the Biblical Discipleship Podcast. The weekly podcast that helps Christians like you become fruit-bearing disciples and see God move in their everyday life. But just before we do that, I need to tell you and give you a reminder. If you want to help keep this podcast up and running, you can support me over at buymeacoffee.com slash Yeshua Boyton with just $5 per month. In return, I offer you a shout out by name on my podcast, including your social profile and or your website URL. That's your choice. Second, you can ask me or one of my guests a question every six months that we'll answer here in the podcast. And you get invitations before anyone else to virtual meetups or future in-person meetups for just $5 a month. Again, that's buymeacoffee.com forward slash Yeshua Boyden. Or you can click the link in the show notes below. Thank you so much. Now, let's look at 12 practical weapons in spiritual warfare. Before we get into those 12, I do want to lay some ground foundational truths. And we're going to go through a couple of those. There are not too many. Um, This episode is going to be a lot of Bible reading. It's going to be different than the previous episodes. Previous episodes were more teachy. This one is teachy. (laughs) But it's going to be a lot of Bible reading. I want to back all my points up here with the word as much as I can. Some of it is experience. Some of it I learned. Some of it Holy Spirit taught me. Most of it I was taught in my especially early Christian uh, upbringing, if you want to call it that. Healing Deliverance Ministry. And... Yeah, let's just dive right in. Some foundational truths here. Spiritual warfare is a reality. Okay? Spiritual warfare is a reality. We covered that a Christian can have a demon. If that's like a big statement for you, then go back into the previous episodes. Start with episode one and go all the way up to this episode and then it's going to make sense. But I do want to establish this truth. That spiritual warfare is a reality. How can I say that? Well, the Bible talks about the full armor of God in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 18. Paul is writing, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, what you may be able to withstand, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. 
above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Guys, this is real. Spiritual warfare is a reality. And (laughs) believe it or not, when I started out with God, (laughs) when God encountered me the very first time, this passage was, let's say, prayed, right? They said, okay, in Jesus' name, let's, we're putting on bell of truth, breastplate of righteousness, and so on and so forth. And I just looked at my mom like, what's going on? And she's like, yeah, yeah, just come, you know, just join in. It's okay. And I didn't have any clue about anything. I actually was in a season of questioning God. Are you actually real? I was in my teenage years and I, you know, joined bell of truth, breastplate of righteousness, whatever. Okay. And I made the motions with my hands, you know. I put on the helmet of salvation and boom, the power of God just hit me and I broke down crying, realizing that God is real, that he is a loving father, but that I have a problem, right? A sin problem and a forgiveness problem, which is a different story for another day. My point is when I did that as a initial step in faith, God encountered me like never before. And that was the start of my relationship with Jesus. So spiritual warfare is a reality. In 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 6, we read that the weapons, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty. It says here, for though we walk in the flesh, in the physical, we walk right, we are not just spirit, we also flesh. We do not war according to the flesh for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal they are not in the physical but they are mighty in god okay they're not a you know ar15 no <laughs> they're spiritual they're mighty in god okay for pulling down strongholds casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of god So it's about spiritual things. It's about thoughts and arguments and spiritual strongholds and um, mindsets, okay, that exalt themselves against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought, every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Spiritual warfare is a reality, okay? There are weapons, but they are spiritual. I know you know that, but I'm just establishing this here. And we also know in Isaiah 54, 17, that there are weapons that are formed against you and me. There are weapons formed against us. Even though it says, no weapon formed against you shall prosper, but there are these weapons, okay? There are weapons They shall not prosper, but they are there. And every tongue which rises against you in judgment shall, you shall condemn. This is the heritage, this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is from me. Now, obviously, some servants of the Lord don't walk in this promise. 
And then they wonder, oh, why all this, why is this stuff happening to me? But that's, a, again, a different story for another day. We want to focus on practical things in this episode. Like those weapons that God, or some, some of the spiritual weapons that God gives us. Okay, that this is what this is about. Because we are in a spiritual warfare, I want to share these practical weapons, spiritual weapons, to do spiritual warfare. They're not exhaustive. It's not an exhaustive list, but it's to fill your weapons chest, okay? Your armory, your spiritual armory. You might or might not know, and we covered this in the previous episodes, we are called to do deliverance. I'm just going to go over this real fast because we covered this in the last episodes, but in Mark 16, 15 through 20, Luke 4, 18, John 20, 21, what are we ought to do? We ought to do the things that Jesus did, right? John 20, 20. Peace to you as the Father has sent me, I also send you. How was Jesus sent? Well, he says in Luke 4, 18, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, which is salvation. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, which is emotional healing, to proclaim liberty to the captives, which is preaching deliverance and recovery of sight to the blind, which is physical healing and to set, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, which is spiritual deliverance. All right. Those five steps, preaching, salvation, bringing emotional healing, preaching deliverance, which I'm doing here right now, and bringing physical healing and then also bringing um, spiritual deliverance to the people, to the people oppressed. All right. And then in Mark 16, he goes in more detail where it says, In my name they, disciples, shall cast out demons, right? Those that believe, those that believe these signs will follow, right? In my name they will cast out demons. We ought to do spiritual warfare. It is not recommended. It is not a suggestion. It is a command. A command for the true followers of Christ. I stand on that statement firm. If you do not do deliverance in your life, you are disobedient to God. Yes. Let that sink in. We also ought to preach the gospel and salvation and all the other things. And there's a lot of things that we ought to do. Yes. But one major thing that Jesus commanded us when he released his disciples, he did command us to do the things that he did, which one of those things was to do spiritual warfare and casting out demons, bringing physical and emotional healing. And... Yes, preaching salvation. All right. Because, and here's the thing. Deliverance, healing, is not an esoteric, charismatic thing. Okay? It's not, it's not a activity that we add to our church program. It is for a reason. Right? People are bound... Because Satan tries to kill, steal, and destroy them. 
from doing the work of God. Vice versa, Holy Spirit tries to get us more free so that we bear much fruit. That is God's heart for us. John 14, verses 15, verses 21, verse 23. We're reading it to you. 15, 21, 23. If you love me, Jesus says, if you love me, keep my commandments. Speaking of commandments, right? Of what did Jesus command us? Well, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. He who has my commandments, we both have his commandments, and keeps them, it is he who loves me. The ones that know my commandments and do them, those are the ones that actually love me. That's God's love language, by the way. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father. You want the Father in heaven to love you? Well, keep God's commandments. And I, Jesus, will love him and manifest myself to him, to the person being obedient, right? Jesus answered... And said to him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him. And we will come to him and make our home with him. And then in chapter 15, verse 14, it says, you are my friends. Jesus is saying, you are my friends. If you do, if you do whatever I command you, not when, not when you feel like it. No, if you do whatever I command you. Then you are my friends. Let it sink in. <laughs> okay. Healing and deliverance is all about bearing fruit. Let's look at John chapter 15 verses 2, 5, 8, 14, and 16. Okay. Those are 2, 4, 5 verses in that chapter that show that healing and deliverance has a reason, has a purpose so that we bring fruit. Look at this. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, and there's a lot of branches in him that do not bear fruit, he, that's God, takes away. Not Satan. God takes them away. And every branch that bears fruit, here we go, he prunes. Why, God? Why do you allow this? I was so faithful to you. I was doing this and I was doing that. And why does this happen to me? That it, meaning that branch, so that you would bear more fruit. That's why this stuff is happening to you. Jesus is saying, I am the vine. You are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. By this, my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit. You want to glorify the Father? Bear much fruit. So, so you will be my disciples. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you. I appointed you. This is the thing. I chose you and appoint, appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain that whatever you ask the father in my name he may give you ephesians 2 verse 10 for we are his workmanship 
created in Christ Jesus to live a good life, to just go to work, come home, spend time with a family, sleep, wake up, and repeat it every day. No, no. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. Works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. God prepared them beforehand. Those are spiritual works. This talks about spiritual works, not physical works, but spiritual ones that are prepared and stored up and planned and written out in heaven that we should walk in them. They were written down beforehand, written before you were even here on earth. God planned them out. He prepared them. He chose you as we just read. He appointed you to bear those those fruits and walk in those good works. But do we? Many are called, but few are chosen because we don't choose ourselves. I'm starting to preach you guys. Sorry, but my point is, you and I are made to bear fruit. We have to get clean and free. And how do we do this? How do we do this? And that's what this episode is about. It's kind of like a two-parter here, but I still want to bear, I still want to lay that foundation. Second Timothy two nineteen through twenty one. Nevertheless, the solid foundation of God stands, having this seal. The Lord knows those who are his and let everyone who names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. But in a great house, they are not only vessels of gold, silver, but also of wood and clay, some for honor and some for dishonor. Therefore, listen to this. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, what's the latter? Vessels of Dishonor, vessels for dishonor. He will be a vessel for honor, sanctified and useful for the master, prepared for every good work. What is this talking about? Spiritual works, being useful for the master. Who's the master? God. Now here's the problem. So many of us are not useful. So many of us don't do good works or the works that God Father has prepared beforehand. Why? Because we are bound, we have demons, we have curses, we need to break them and move on. Again, go back into the, the past episodes if you need to learn more about that and what's going on. Christian can have a demon, what's going on? I clarified that in the past episodes. I just make the case here that we need to get clean, we need to get clean, clear, free, so that we can bring fruit for God. So all these weapons are tools, weapons in your armory that you can use to give and step into freedom. All right, deliverance is pruning, and actually, it's also judging yourself. What? But we are called not to judge. Well, here's the thing. Deliverance and judging yourself, pruning yourself can go hand in hand. And it can actually prevent God from letting deeper, worse things come up and attack you. Here's what I mean. 
1 Corinthians 11.31. This might be actually a key for you guys. And this is like a half a weapon there-ish. But just listen to this or read it. For if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. And that's the the whole sentence. (laughs) For if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. If we judge ourselves about our sin, our problems, our issues, if we deal with them before they deal with us, God doesn't have to take care of that. If we take care of the vessels of dishonor, God doesn't have to take them out of the shelf and say, hey, look, we got to deal with this. Because you already did. You already went to the shelf and said, oh, geez. Or, and I'm not cussing here, I mean it. Or, oh my goodness, Jesus, we need to deal with this. And then Jesus is saying, yes, you're right. Let's deal with it. Yeah, let's go. That's different than, I don't want to deal with my father issues. I don't want to deal with my anger. I don't want to deal with my sickness. I don't want to deal with my family curses then God has to put it in your face. All right. How then, yes, can we do deliverance? Well, here are these 12 practical weapons. Let's go to the first and the second practical weapon in spiritual warfare, especially when you do self-deliverance or when you pray for someone else. This is something you can tell the person. Don't speak in tongues and keep your eyes open. Here's the reason why. When you speak in tongues, you are in the spirit. Not in a weird spirit, but in the Holy Spirit. And when you close your eyes, you you are easily or more easily distracted, um, both for the person praying and for the person receiving. Um, Both can see what's going on. You're more aware than when you pray in the Holy Spirit then it's like it's like someone like the Holy Spirit is up, but you want I'm just gonna say that and that might be controversial, take it or leave it, but you want the demon to come up. Yes, you do. Why? Because when he's up, there's only one more step to it to be cast out, right? So that might be offensive for people that don't know about deliverance, but yes, you do want de- demons to come up. You're not conjuring them you're not chanting them up but you when you address it in a person if there's an issue guess what there's an issue right so you want that issue to come up so that either you can um dig deeper and see what's going on or you just get rid of it so don't have it dug down or blocked so to speak by the person praying a lot of words it's not we guys it's about faith and that's the whole thing it's about faith and not praying a lot of words and trying something Something to make something happen, just receive. Like a ch- child receiving a gift, just sit there, stand there, whatever's going on, and let God minister, let the Holy Spirit minister to you. You don't have to produce anything. So keep your eyes open, don't speak in tongues. All right, next one. Binding and loosing. There is about three, four scriptures here that I want to look at, and we're just going to go through them real fast. Psalm 149, 5 through 9, Matthew 16, verse 19, chapter 18, verse 18, Marcus, chapter 3, verses 20. I mean, not Marcus, Mark. (laughs) Mark, chapter 3, verse 27. Psalms 149. Let the saints be joyful in glory. Let them sing aloud on their beds. Let the high praises of God be in their mouth. 
and a two-edged sword in their hand. That's the word of God. To execute, to execute vengeance on the nations. Yes, that's Old Testament, and yes, back then it was in the flesh, but now we're in the New Testament, and we're walking the good works, prepare it beforehand. Jesus didn't say, go grab a sword and fight in the flesh. No, what's the New Testament saying? Our fight is not in flesh and blood, against flesh and blood, but in the spirit, right? The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. So what we can take out of here is we can spiritualize that, which kind of sounds funny, but in a way you can. So the two-edged sword now is what? The word of God, which it is a two-edged sword, because we shall have that two-edged sword in our hand, right? The word of God. That's what Ephesians said. We just read it. And then to execute execute vengeance on the nations. All right, we're not, again, we're not taking an AR and going out and, you know, we will go out in, in hatred and, and uh, vengeance. No, we pray in faith and, it says here, and punishments on the peoples, which it's not people anymore, it's demons now, to bind their kings with chains. Important thing, just keep that in your in the back of your head, or put your finger in your Bible or something, to bind their kings with chains and their nobles with fetters of iron, to execute on them the written judgment. This honor have all this honor have all his saints. Praise the Lord. Alright. Point here, you may bind, you may lose demons. They have ranks as well. We get to that in a second. And you can execute the written judgment. That's actually a uh, the third and a half kind of weapon here. Bind and loose. So you can bind demons and you can loose the written judgment of God that God appointed for this demon, not for the person. The demon brings the trouble for the person. God brings the trouble for the demon. Once it is an illegal squatter in the building, so to speak, okay? Once... It's not a friend anymore, and once it's a, 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 an enemy where the curse is broken, the legal right is broken, and this demon is illegal there now, then this written judgment is appointed for these demons, and you may, I encourage you to execute that written judgment on those demons. They do not like it. It's a weapon to get them out. Matthew sixteen nineteen. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So whatever you speak here in the physical happens in the spiritual and vice versa. Okay. Chapter 18, verse 18. Assuredly, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Mark three twenty-seven. No one can enter, this is important, no one can enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first binds the strong man and then he will plunder his house. So when you do deliverance, when you command these demons to come out, you may say, in Jesus' name, I bind you and I command you to go and in Jesus' name, I release the written judgment on you. Bind all thoughts captive on the obedience of Christ. That's the next one. 2 Corinthians 10.5, we already read that. Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. 
That's another another weapon right there. In Jesus' name, I bind all thoughts captive under the obedience of Christ, and I release the mind of Christ. That's a lot of things. Uh, almost every day, I buy, I I um, pray this, just you know, for my own <laughs> sanity, because sometimes I just hear a lot of voices, and I'm just like, oh, just shut up in Jesus' name. I bind all these thoughts captive in the obedience of Christ, and release the mind of Christ. And then, oftentimes, it's just. It's just peace again. It works, guys. It, it really does. And then the next one. Take away their armor, their devices, weapons, ranks, titles, crowns, rewards, plans, books. Whoa, yes, that was a lot. Okay, slow down. Slow down here. One second. All right. Let's go to Luke 11, verse 20 through 22. But if I cast out demons with the finger of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. Finger of God here. We'll also keep that in mind. We'll come to that in a second. When a strong man, fully armed, fully armed, guards his own place or palace, his goods are in peace. But when a stronger than he comes upon him and overcomes him, he takes from him all his armor in which he trusted and divides his spoils. What's Jesus teaching us here? Well, it's just a principle, right? And we can apply this by saying, in Jesus' name, I take away all armor and all weapons away from the demons. We just know, we just read, there are weapons created against us. They, These demons have those weapons. <clears throat> we know from Revelations that demons also write down things. And we can take their devices, right? Their plans. We can take their their rewards. We can take their books, the things that they write down. Like, for example, if there is bitterness in your heart and you toss and turn, you, it's like someone reading you a list of all the things that person XYZ did against you and then the things that you could say and not say. It's like someone reading a list. And <laughs> trust me when I say that there are lists like that they keep lists they they it's like a accusation list and when you when you suffer of condemnation there are these lists that the demons have these books that the demons have that they read to you to accuse you right just read the book of revelations because it says in the end books were opened books not just the book of life but books will be opened some of those books are angelic books, and some of them are demonic books. And then it's going to be compared. And if the name is not in the book of life, then, oh well. That's why it's important. You take those books in Jesus' name, and you throw them in a pit of hell or in a lake of fire, and cast that thing out. And then what else? Crowns and titles and ranks. We'll come to that in just a second. Also, but we already read, there are kings, right? There are strongmans, okay? There are ranks and titles, and you can take them away in Jesus' name and just strip them butt naked and bind them, release the, the judgment of God upon them, and cast them out in Jesus' name. It says in Revelations 9, I'm not going to go through all of it, but verses 1 through 11, it talks about, these demons having weapons, armor, crowns, and all those things. And then the last one also it says, and they had as a king over them the angel of the bottomless pit, 
whose name is Hebrew is about Abaddon, but in Greek he has the name Apollyon. Point being here, they are demons that have these crowns, weapons, armor, and all these things. You take them away. Just take them away. If they try to steal from you, why don't you steal from them? And you can do that in Jesus' name. You can. You're, you're allowed to. Just come on. Grab that weapon. Grab that weapon and apply it. Then what's the next one? Once the curse is broken, you can reverse the curse. X times. For example, I break the curse of poverty in Jesus' name over my life. And I reverse the curse back to the sender and back to the, the curse holder. Ten times in Jesus' name, and it has to go. Twenty times, fifty times, until this thing goes, right? The demon will not like it, and at some point it will go. We can curse the issue at the root, like Jesus cursed the tree. That's Matthew twenty-one nineteen. And seeing a fig tree by the road, he came, Jesus came to it, and found nothing on it but leaves, and said to it, Let no fruit grow on you ever again. Immediately the fig tree withered away. In fact, that's what we prayed when I had cancer. We cursed the cancer at the root like Jesus cursed the tree in Jesus' name. And guess what? That cancer withered away. It literally withered away. It was a burnt-out tumor cell, the doctor's report said. No radiation, no chemotherapy. That stuff works. I'm just throwing that in there. But that stuff works. All right, finger of God. We already covered this somewhat. Luke chapter 11, verses 17 through 26. What's the finger of God? So as I was taught, you just point. <laughs> and it's not about being magically something, something, being charismatic, being like out there. I'm just going to teach what I learned. And you either run with it or you leave it. It's up to you. But in Luke 11, 17 through 26, it says, especially the one that we already read, but if I cast out demons with the finger of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. So there is a finger of God or the Holy Spirit. And when you cast them out, you know the kingdom of God is there. So when the strong man comes, fully armed and so on and so forth, right? You say in Jesus' name and you point in Jesus' name. This thing has to go. And it's not about being magically. It's stepping into your authority in Christ that you have as an ambassador, as a man or a woman of God. And you say in Jesus' name, let my people go, or let me go in Jesus' name. Matthew twelve twenty eight it says, But if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. So same thing here. Spirit of God, finger of God. Then another weapon can be psychological warfare. These demons are beings. They have a mind, and you can play with their mind. Now, not in a weird way you know jesus said don't rejoice that you have authority over these demons point being is you want this thing to go right and if it's a stubborn one and it just doesn't go and you just need to tighten the screws well then tighten the screws they try to trick our mind they speak to us the whole time that actually that's most of their job they speak to us they try to trick our mind our thoughts our faith by speaking to us. Why don't we just turn this around and do it to them? Something like this. I, you know, you renounce the, the curse and then you could say something like this. Father, in Jesus' name, I ask you that they would hear 
the following like a broken record over and over again. Oh, I can't do this anymore. All this Bible reading, all this worship, all this prayer, all this healing deliverance, all this Holy Spirit, all these angels. I can't take it anymore. It's too much. I just want to give up. Uh, I, I don't believe it anymore. I can't anymore. It's just it's too heavy. I, too much. I'm so exhausted. In Jesus' name, Father, I ask you that you would let this run on these demons over and over again until they leave. Just turn it around. Do some psychological warfare. Because they have a will and they have emotions as well. They do. And they will leave. Like you can, they try to break you. Why don't you reverse it and you try to break them? So it's easier <laughs> to cast them out. Then something that goes along those lines is, uh, call it holy waterboarding, the blood of Christ. You can apply the blood of Christ. Obviously, that's a, an obvious weapon, right, of spiritual warfare. And instead of saying the usual, in Jesus' name, Father, I ask you for the blood of Christ and I apply the blood of Christ, which is good. It's not a bad thing. You know, it's helpful. You could say, Father, in Jesus' name, I ask you to send your mighty angels right now to bind this demon or these demons, this whole group, together as one. And Father, I ask you to command your angels to bind their hands and their feet on their back in Jesus' name. And that you would command them to do a holy waterboarding on them, that they, with the blood of Christ, until, until they leave. That sounds weird and completely out there to you, but... If you know and if you realize that there is a spiritual warfare going on and that your enemy is out for your destruction, then you're not going to hold back. Here's the thing. Most Christians are like, oh, no, 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 I'm not praying this. Why? Don't you believe that there's someone out for your destruction, someone out for your death? What do you do with an actual interest, especially those Americans here in America? What do you do if there's an intruder in your house? You're just going to let him do whatever he wants to? Or you're going to go and grab your gun, especially the, and the Americans here in the audience? You're going to go and grab your gun. Because you know, if that thing or that person, that intruder, if you're not going to shoot that person and, and get that person out of your house, that person's going to cast you out of that house, out of your house. It's a life and death situation. Same thing with demons. Guess what? After they stole from you, after they shut you up, What's their next plan? To kill you. After they got you immobilized and fruitless, the next step is to destroy, utterly destroy you. That is their plan. Now, how do you deal? How do you deal with a being like that? Make it your enemy. Make your friend your enemy. This thing that you're battling with every single freaking day is out to kill you. Reverse the curse reverse it get out there and cast it out i wouldn't say kill because you can't kill him but you can you know as the bible says kill your flesh kill those those members which if they're in there they are a member of the temple you got to get those members kill those members of the body of your body of the temple of god of the holy spirit cast them out cast those vessels of dishonor out have that fighting attitude. You can release confusion into the enemy's camp as well. 
That's uh, weapon number 11 here. We read this in Exodus 23:27. I will send my fear before you. I will cause confusion among all the people to whom you come and will make all your enemies turn their backs to you. You can say that. You can say in Jesus' name, Father, I ask you to release confusion into the enemy's camp that they would, those demons, would turn their own weapons against themselves. Same thing in 1 Samuel 14, 19 through 20. Now it happened while Saul talked to the priest that the noise which was in the camp of the Philistines continued to increase. So Saul said to the priest, withdraw your hand. Then Saul and all the people who were with him assembled and they were and they went to the battle and indeed every man's sword was against his neighbor and there was very great confusion pray it it works just release it and see what God does and then we can also ask God for ministering angels to help in warfare we already kind of covered this in the example that I made but there are warfare angels. We see this in Joshua 5, 13 through 15. And it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho that he lifted his eyes and looked. And behold, a man stood opposite him with his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went to him and said to him, Are you for us or for our adversaries? And he said, No, but as a commander of the army of the Lord I have now come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and worshipped and said to him, What does my Lord say to his servant? Then the commander of the Lord's army said to Joshua, Take your sandal off your foot, for the place where you stand is holy. And Joshua did so. Point being here, they are warfaring angels with weapons as well. Daniel ten thirteen and 12 verses 1. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me, the angel says, 21 days. And behold, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, for I had been left alone there with the kings of Persia, which means he had to fight. And then oh, chapter 12, verse 1. At the time, Michael shall stand up, the great prince who stands watch over the sons of your people. And there shall be a time of trouble, such as never was, was since there was a nation even to that time, and at that time your people shall be delivered, everyone who is found written in the book. Point being, there are warring angels. Psalm 89, 7-8 God is greatly to be feared in the assembly of the saints and to be held in reverence by all those around him. O Lord God of hosts, who is mighty like you, who is mighty like you, O Lord, your faithfulness also surrounds you. He's a God of hosts, and Elisha prayed, that's 2 Kings 6, 9, 17. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray, upon, open his eyes that he may see. Then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. Those were angels. Point is, ask God for ministering angels to help you in spiritual warfare. Now... Like a bonus here is what you can do is to release. You can release things as a, it's like a weapon. It works like a weapon, but to come against the enemy. For example, you can release the Holy Spirit and the living water of the Holy Spirit. You can release the opposite of what you're casting out. For example, instead of fear, 
Or anger, what does the Bible say? You know, love. Love casts out fear, right? So you say, in Jesus' name, I come against that fear with God's perfect agape love in Jesus' name. And it has to go. Stuff like that. Super simple. But there is a weapon right there. You can rededicate an area back to Christ and invite the Holy Spirit back in. So once it's freed, you can say, in Jesus' name, Father, I rededicate the area of anger. Thank you for your freedom. And I rededicate this area right now back to Jesus. And Holy Spirit, I invite you back to fill me up there. And then you can pray the Father in Jesus' name that he would stir up new gifts in you. All right? That's something that you can release. You can say, Father, I thank you for your deliverance. Please stir up new gifts in me because I want to be fruitful for you. Right? As an application, I'm going to read you a prayer guide that I made couple years back now it's like a self-deliverance prayer guide i put a link to this guide into the description below so if you want to look it up pray it while i pray it or whatnot uh, do so if you want to print it out or not copy it you know just do your thing with it it's free it's out there link is in the description you know just use it as you want it has some in-between things in there so if you need to hit pause, by all means hit pause and then, you know, do your prayer thing, do your thing, and then come back and hit play. I'm going to read through this thing and I'm going to make my comments in between. For example, I would say something like, you may want to repent of specific sins here, right? I'm going to try to change my voice so you know what's going on, which one is the prayer and which one is not. Okay, pray with me here. Dear Jesus... I ask you for forgiveness for all of my sins. And you may want to repent of specific sins here as well. I receive you as my Lord and Savior over my life. I surrender everything I am and have to you. Please be my helper and friend. I cover myself and my family with your blood right now. And I stand in the gap for my father's and mother's family line. And for my spouse and for my children, if I have them. I ask you for forgiveness for all of our sin, especially for, I know, fill in the blank and be specific. I ask you for forgiveness for all of our sin here. In Jesus' name, I forgive and release Every person that wronged or hurt me, I forgive them for making me feel certain way. You can fill in the blank here, be specific. By doing certain things to me, fill in the blank again, specific things. Or not doing certain things, again, be specific. Or saying certain things. In the name of Jesus, I completely forgive them. In the name of Jesus, I put on the belt of truth, the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the shoes of the gospel. I take up the shield of faith and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. In the name of Jesus, I renounce any sickness, disease, 
curses, or sin. And again, be specific here. If there is a certain thing or certain things, renounce them and get rid of them. In the name of Jesus, I renounce all these things in my life and also in my bloodline. Both ways, all the way back to Adam and Eve. Holy Father, in Jesus' name, I invite your precious Holy Spirit into this place right now. In the name of Jesus, I ask you, Father, to send sufficient angels that would assist in the spiritual warfare with healing, deliverance, protection, and praise. Please glorify your name here right now. Thank you for being so faithful to me and my family. In the name of Jesus, I declare that everything that leaves me and or my child or children here today has to go right back into the pit of hell and will never come back. I bind all demons I renounced as one and they have to leave me and my family as one. In Jesus' name, I also bind and break any plan of the enemy for revenge. In Jesus' name, I bind the strong man right now. I take away all weapons, armor, devices, crowns, plans, and books, and ranks, and rewards. I take them away in Jesus' name. Of all demons I renounced in my life, I reverse their curse. Ten times, fifty times, in Jesus' name, back on their own head. May they receive back what they came out to do to me. I declare in Jesus' name that no weapon formed against me shall prosper, but be turned back to its sender right now. They shall receive their own fear, their own suffering, their own torment, their own... And you can fill in the blank. In the name of Jesus, I release... God's written and appointed judgment over every single one of these demons right now. In the name of Jesus, I release a holy confusion into the enemy's camp so that they would point their own weapons against each other or themselves. In the name of Jesus, I command that they have to hear their own lies like a broken record over and over and over again like the torment they try to bring on me and my child and my family until they leave. In the name of Jesus, I curse these things at the root. Like Jesus cursed the tree. And again, fill in the blank here. You curse whatever you just renounced. It shall die, dry up, and never bring bad fruit in my life and our lives again. In the name of Jesus, I come against, whatever you renounced, all the things that we renounced, with the blood of Christ and command them to leave me here and my family altogether right now. Okay, listener, take a deep breath and let it go in Jesus' name. Spirits have to leave through breath. Just trust me on this one. Just take a deep breath and let it go. In the name of Jesus, Father, I ask you to release your blessing, the opposite of what we just renounced. I release healing, freedom, deliverance, the power, your power, Father, your joy, your anointing. And the opposite of what the listener just renounced, 
I pray that you would release the opposite, the good things, the godly things. Holy Spirit, please fill every empty space in us right now. Fill us with your light and your love. Father, we dedicate every now-delivered space and later-on-delivered space back to Jesus. Jesus, I put you first in every area of my life. Heavenly Father, I ask you in Jesus' name to stir up new gifts in our lives through the Holy Spirit to bring good fruits and build your kingdom. Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, I ask you for the spirit of strength and the power of your might to come into my life and the life of my family. I also ask you in the name of Jesus to release the authority over all the power of the enemy to trample on spiritual serpents and scorpions and that nothing would harm us. I thank you, Father, and I praise you for what you are doing in our lives. And I command everything that we renounce right now to leave the listener in Jesus' name. Father, I ask you for deliverance. I thank you, Father, for a touch right now. Holy Spirit, I pray for a touch, for a mighty anointing and powerful touch. I thank you, Father. I thank you, Holy Spirit. I thank you for your move. I thank you for freedom. I thank you for healing. I thank you, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. I praise your name and I glorify you. Thank you for freedom right now. Complete freedom. Complete freedom in Jesus' name. All hearing problems, all ankle problems, all aching and pains in the joints, in Jesus' name, I speak healing right now. Headaches, go in Jesus' name. All pain has to go in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you. Our chronic, chronic headaches and migraine go in Jesus' name. I release healing right now. Right now, Father, I pray for healing in Jesus' name. We break the curse of those things and we reverse the curse back on its head and it has to come out. It has to come out. It has to come out in Jesus' name right now. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for freedom. Thank you, Holy Spirit. God, we give you glory. We give you honor. And I praise your name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Guys, if you were blessed by this podcast episode, rate us over at potchaser.com slash biblical discipleship. And I'm so glad and thankful that you were here and spent this time with me. I hope you were blessed. And until I meet you in the next episode of the Discipleship Podcast, always remember, every day you live to bear much fruit. Be blessed.